sales coaches. Should you get one? Well, in this episode, we talk about the biggest, most common problem with sales coaching and what you should look out for. Plus, influencer marketing. It's not slowing down and it's back with a vengeance. We talk about the opportunities there, all that and a whole lot more in this episode of Inbound Buzz. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz Podcast, your weekly jolt of all things digital and inbound marketing. Brought to you by redpandas.com.au. Now for your host and co-founder of Red Pandas, Moby Sadiq. Welcome to the Inbound Bug Podcast, episode 136. My name is Tony and I'm joined by Moby Sadiq. How's it going? I have not slept in a month because of my new baby. But other than that, man, I'm I'm good. But you got a nice, fresh. That's all that matters. That's <laughs> all that matters. When if the better I look, it's probably the worse I feel physically. Interesting. I'm just trying to make up for it. But all good, <laughs> all good. So, so we got some exciting news buzz stories today. What's the first one, Tony? Is Google losing its edge? Ad revenue for March reveal. And this article is written in a newsletter by uh, Trend Torch by Bass. So shout, shout out. out to Bass. Nice How are you article. <laughs> So, Google advertising revenue has decreased for the second consecutive quarter due to a slowdown um, with other revenues like YouTube and stuff. So, originally, the total revenue was $54.55 billion and it's gone down um, since previous year to $54.66 billion. That's interesting because, you know, is this the downhill for, you know, Google um, as a platform, as a monopoly? I'm... I'm just interested, like, you know, is this it? Is Bing coming in? Is ChatGPT coming to take over? Should Google be worried? That is... Yeah, it's... it's it's. Um, I was talking... I was, I was telling you earlier, right, Tony? I was listening to uh, this vlogger. It was like something... Nothing to do with digital marketing. And it was like, oh, I was on ChatGPT. And then he said, because that's where I search right now. But, you know, last year we were talking about TikTok eroding search volume right? Mm. Like search is a lot more pro- proliferated, like for certain how-tos and whatnot. TikTok has eroded some of that. Mm. Now you've got ChatGPT eroding some of that. So the chances are it's not going to go up, right? And in this capitalist society, right? In this shareholder-dominated world that they're in, if you forget growth, if your growth is shrinking, let alone going down, that's not good. Mm. That doesn't look good. Um, and it's not even only that, like even, so there's this project that, you know, this, this other part of my life i'm into you know blockchain and i'm into cryptocurrencies this other project that's backed by some big 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 venture capitalist names out there called hive mapper mm. and hive mapper what that does it decentralizes google maps so why am i talking about this google maps generates about four billion dollars from uh, google generates four billion dollars from google maps and mm. it's from people using the api not necessarily the advertising it's the api oh, right. side so Anyway, now you've got these little small hungry companies like HiveMapper. So what HiveMapper does, you don't, instead of a Google car, you get a webcam, a really high-res webcam. You put it in your car and it's mapping. It's like decentralized Google Maps. Mm. So the people like you and I, and you know, not financial advice, do whatever you want to do, but people like you and I can get this device, put it in your car and get tokens just for driving around. Yeah. Now, there's things like this. There are bigger things like what you're talking about and there's little things like this happening where people are just eroding and specialists are taking away the giant's market share. Interesting. I think that's just the world of marketing and business, right, Tony? Like you get big, big, big. You get any company, LG, Nokia, IBM. You get all these big companies. Eventually, they lose their edge in the niches that they now all dominate. Mm. So, interesting. Interesting. 
Chinese retailers help lift Meta's first quarter sales in tough online advertising market. So I was quite surprised with this because I always thought that uh, Facebook was banned in China and you needed a VPN. But here we are, the Chinese uh, you know, advertisers are supporting Facebook. <laughs> I mean, they're relying on they're relying on a market that needs a VPN to use their service to minimize their losses. So there's this, you can talk to this, Tony, and you can check this out at Red. If you want to watch the video version, anything we might be sharing, redpandas.com.au forward slash EP136. Um, but talk to this, Tony. What, what's, what's this that so, I'm looking at? Yeah, so, you know, we know Meta's been focusing on AR and, you know, um, you know virtual reality, augmented reality, and they have a department called Rea- Reality Labs Performance. And looking at the graph, um, it seems like they've been losing billions of dollars every quarter. Like, you know, 2020. Yeah, 2020, 2 billion, obviously 1.8 billion and keeps going, 3 billion in, you know, Q4. So, man, they're losing billions and billions. Yeah, 4 billion in Q4. Q1 of this year, 4.3 billion last year, last quarter. That's just per quarter. So since 2020, they have not made a cent. Yeah. They're losing billions per quarter. So this Chinese, I guess, boost is like a drop in the ocean compared to their losses. 100%. It's funny because, um, yeah, Meta, they know Facebook is slowly declining. You know, it's getting boring. Like, I'm not on Facebook, even though we advertise. I personally, you know, get bored of Facebook. Yeah. So they're betting their business in the future on AR and VR. It's interesting how much they're investing. Do you reckon it's the right way to go as a business, as a CEO, as a leader to invest this much? In AR? Well, in the, yeah, in this department that they believe in. So this is, they were making a play, right? Like in business, you get paid for your, uh, what am I trying to say? I guess your innovation, you get paid for your gut, you get paid for making and moving directions before other people do. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Now, the bet that they placed on the metaverse, I would say is too premature. Mm. It's kind of like, I can't remember if it was Hewlett Packard, it was one of those companies that tried to release a smartphone early. Like they were too, firstly, their marketing proposition wasn't right, but they were too early in the market. The market wasn't ready for what they were putting out. So I feel like not only did you guys invest billions and you're losing $4 billion per quarter since, well, on average, it might be $2 billion or $3 billion, since 2020, right yeah. you change your name to meta you have forgotten what got you to the dance yeah you know fa- social media like advertising. advertising that got you to the dance you kind of ignored that so i think no i don't think i think um mark's like man he's made his billions no matter what happens he's fine mm. you know what i mean but i don't think it was a wise move by then interesting Next news buzz, marketers investing big in influencer marketing. So mm. there's a creator market out there right now and it's not slowing down. You know, there's about 50 million people that identify as a creator. Tell me about this, Mo. Look, I think f- on one side, it's a lot of fun and it's actually quite funny. You know, Tony, when you and I were in school and we had to dress up as what you wanted to be, it was like doctors and maybe like mm. a you know circus entertainer whatever it is right like nurses whatever it was now like some you know i've got an 11 year old every year now there's like 30 percent of them are youtubers yeah now i think i think my son does it because he said i i can wear whatever i want i can just wear mufti and pretend i'm a youtuber but the point is like that's kids want to do that <laughs> yeah. right so every man and his dog wants to be a youtuber or it's almost it's a, a it's a metaphor for i guess just content creator really yeah. it's actually really good for us it's actually good for marketers because there's the more and more supply that you have, the cheaper it is cost per unit to get media out with 
um, with influencers. And particularly in this era of the interest graph, which is more about people's interests and less about social, it's a lot more beneficial to go after, say you have 100 creators that have a little bit of expertise mm. or a little bit of influence in this particular niche than one big one. Mm. So that's that's definitely key. But there was interesting. You had some stats on this as well, which you yeah. Share in so the you're notes. a creator. Um, a lot of companies are looking for um, the three most uh, popular, you know, uh, types of content. So we've got educational content. Mm -hmm. Then we've got unboxing or un you know, revealing, and then we've got testimonials. So they're the three to focus on if you're a creator. I love that, especially the fact that educational is number one, Tony. Yeah, interesting. Eh? Um, but. More importantly, looking at the benchmarks for metric creators need to appeal to brands, um, we're looking at these metrics, you know, like the, the number of followers and the engagement rate. So followers from TikTok with 30,000 followers would have a 11% engagement rate. And that's the highest for TikTok. Another example, Instagram, if you had 17.5 thousand followers, 3.5% engagement rate. That's like a big drop. That's not even 50% drop, maybe. That's like more like mm. 6 to 7%. But I guess it's saying the benchmark creators need to appeal. So initially, when I looked at this, Tony, again, you guys can see this if the video version. If not, we can link to the show notes as well. You can check it out later. So what Tony's talking about, and, and sorry to interrupt you there, but Tony's talking about the channel, the follower count, and the engagement rate you need to appeal to brands. So initially, Tony, I was like, oh, great. The engagement rate is 11%. But this, no, I'm reading the data wrong. Tony, this is saying you need an 11% engagement rate to appeal to creators. Mm, interesting. Right? So it actually is not, doesn't look good if you just look at this data for TikTok. Because for TikTok, you need 30,000 followers to be appealing to a brand. Mm. And you need an 11% engagement rate. I don't think it's a bad thing. I actually don't think it's a bad thing. Mm. I, I think what it just means is this type of data is really, really interesting if you're a brand and some benchmarks to look for. It's like, okay, I don't know what I'm looking for, but I know because I've heard from everywhere else and Moby and Tony are talking about it. I need to go after micro-influencers. So these are some of the metrics you can look for. Oh, interesting. So on top of that, that means Instagram, you actually need less followers and you need a low engagement rate to be effective. To appeal to brands. Yeah. So this is from Sprout Social. I don't know where they're getting this from. But Tony, honestly, like it says, okay, you need a 3.5% engagement rate to appeal to brands. That means the benchmark is so low yeah. on Instagram. This doesn't make it look like it's great. Whereas on TikTok, you need an 11% engagement rate according to this data. So that's telling us that the benchmark for engagement on TikTok is a lot higher. Mm. And in theory, if you can get, you know, 30,000, I don't think 30,000 is a big problem to be honest. But, you know, if it's 20,000, I don't think it matters too much. It depends on your niche. If you have a 10%, 11% engagement rate, that's what you can expect and look for. I think it makes TikTok really, really good. Amazing. Um, lucky last, Pinterest and Amazon teams up for multi-year ads partnership. So... We know Pinterest has been struggling with advertising revenue for the past you know, years and they've decided to partner up with Amazon. I think this would be great. So, you know, now you can see ads on Pinterest from Amazon and it directs you to the Amazon website. The one thing that helps is the customer journey and experience. I think that will help with shopping experience. I mean, a, you know more about space than me. It's a niche play, isn't it? Like it's not mm. for everyone. Oh, yeah. It would like it wouldn't be for us, um, but... You know, what type of industries do you think this would be good for? Um, Ecom and a lot of like Pinterest okay. uh, users, you know, uh, females, me and mums. It is a mom. female, let's be honest, it is a female dominated yep. uh, channel, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so yeah, in that or design dominated, architecture dominated things yeah. like that. So yeah, yeah, anything you want to buy and you're on Amazon, start trying testing advertising on Pinterest. See if that works. Yeah, we always say. I mean, it's something I learned from you, Tony. Like, you have your core budget, the majority of your budget, and I'm going to throw figures that an average of an average, so it may not apply to you at all. But if you have a budget, seventy percent of it, just again, average over average, mm. should be based on your bottom of funnel. You know, direct response, what you're trying to do. You know, 20% to 25%, again, depending on how much you're spending, should be on raising awareness and raising engagement. And then we like to always have, if clients will, are willing to experiment with us, right, Tony? 5%, maybe not 10%, maybe 5 to 7% just exper- experimentation budget. Mm. You know, you don't believe in TikTok, awesome. But you're capping out your Google ads, you're hitting your uh, impression share ceiling, you can't get any more. Put 5% there. Like if your agency isn't thinking or if you're a marketer in-house and you're not thinking about these things it pays to do a little bit of like you know five percent mm. almost like a gambling play just to see yeah you know whether 100%. it's going to work for you or not our next segment featured buzz why why sales coaching sucks and how you can fix it i love this topic so this came about from a client that we met last this week actually inspired me to talk about this today and um we just went in for some hubspot stuff Right, so we went to do a HubSpot job, and then he was talking to me about his sales coach or sales coach that had let go, and he had said, "Look, you know, because they were asking us like, do we do that stuff?" And I'm like, "He's like, we had a sales coach, he was good, but the team started to lose respect for him, Tony. Right? Mm. They started to do things better than him, and since he's left, they haven't used as like they haven't used much of what he was teaching. Right, right. So it was just like tactics and stuff. So." It's funny. So I actually spoke about this on LinkedIn as well. And I had this comment uh, by Sian uh, Lenigan. So shout out to her. And she said something similar. She goes, yes, I had a coach once who admitted to creating coach dependence through making clients feel consciously incompetent, but never quite empowering them. I, then she said, I flipped the meeting table. True story. So good on you for doing that. But that would disgust me as well. Like your whole and look, some digital marketing agencies do this as well. Their whole thing is to give a little bit of value, but make them feel a little bit incompetent. Make them feel like they don't know it all. Oh, SEO is too complicated. You wouldn't. Oh, it's just a bit complicated. You wouldn't understand that. Interesting. That's not the right way to treat clients. Firstly, you'll eventually lose them when they cut wise to what you're trying to do. There'll never be complete trust and transparency there. And you're not going to empower them, right? It takes a service provider to be really secure in themselves. And by that point, we talk about this at Red Pandas all the time. Whether you're at Red Pandas, like we always say, you're doing a good job if you make yourself redundant, mm. right? Because then you, if you want to do something else, right? Like if like obviously there's some roles that are very hard to get made redundant because they're such specialist roles. But like you do your job almost to the level of getting it redundant where processes are set up so you can do other things in the, in the company or the business that you want to do. Interesting. So similarly here. So it really much is that whole thing, Tony, that training and coaching is useless if it's not empowering your organization to do it itself after the coach leaves. Interesting. It's yeah. really the whole teach a man how to fish type of thing. So with, with him, you know, with this client, I was sort of talking to him and his sales leader was there. I'm like, look, dude, you've got to jump on. Are you listening to calls of your sales team? No. Okay. Listen to calls, record your calls, do role plays. And there's some other stuff we can do as well. But really it's about creating those behaviors and habits. So after a planned predetermined time, you can walk away because it's a win-win. They're going to be an amazing case study. They're going to crush it, sing your praises, and they'll probably call you back for other stuff. Yeah, because you were saying something about teaching them how to fish, not just to 
eat the fish. Yeah. Right. Here's a tactic. Here's a tactic. Or try this thing. That's not about that. It's about actual behaviors. So, like, what, like, what should good sales coaches do then? You know, to there's five things that good sales coaches really should empower their clients on. The first one is more for the sales leader or the CEO or whoever that person is, and that's using forecasting reports. Now, we're big on HubSpot. You can do this in a lot of different tools, but you need to have a tool where you can center your conversations around. If your sales conversations sound like this, Tony, hey, Tony, um, so what's what do you got on the books this week? Like, what are we looking to close? That's not a good sales conversation. You're wasting a lot of time. Mm. And on the sales rep, they'll just think about stuff off the top of their head. It's a wasted conversation. So what I mean by that, if you're using HubSpot has these forecasting reports where as the rep is actually doing their thing, the forecast report is automatically getting updated. So that sales manager, sales leader, CEO can jump in at any given time and say, oh, okay, all right, we've committed to this and we are tracking 70% of target, but it is like the 29th day of the month. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? So what it actually does, it, it takes the conversation less from okay, what are you working on this month? To look, oh, I can see, you know, this one, you've committed here, you're struggling here, etc. So you're moving further in and you're talking about the tactics and strategies you can do to close them, not just what are you working on this week. Right. So that, that's definitely the first one. The second one is role plays weekly. Weekly. Hmm. So I must admit, like last year, we crushed it. This year, it's been a little bit busy. We've, we've had a, whole, a bunch of things. So I'm not doing them as, as much as I like. And I actually did it this morning you know, with my own sales coach because I'm a sales coach, but the best coaches have their own coaches too. Mm. And oh man, it felt good just to get smashed and to have, you need that open mindset. You need to be able to park your ego and you need to be able to, and this is, I'm talking to people listening who have teams who are a little bit stubborn. You need to kind of get them to have that growth mindset and get them to understand that, yep, you might be crushing it, but it could be better. Mm. It could be better or you might be crushing it, but other people in the team aren't. So how do we take that from you? So role plays need to be a weekly occurrence because it has to be a muscle in a habit because if you're not failing in the role play, where are you failing, Tony? In front of clients. In the wild and you're <laughs> burning deals and I've done that before. Yeah. It's funny because um, we did one a few weeks ago with you and me. You were helping me out as a favor. I think it was like 100% improvement after that role play. Yeah, it was amazing. That growth that I learned just from that little role play. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really funny. Like I'm actually kind of embarrassed. I only really started role playing, I'd say in the last 18 months. And before that, me too. I'm like, man, what am I going to get out of it? It's a waste of time. But it's, it's amazing. Like Steve Jobs used to, and it's not role playing, but it is practice and role playing is practice. He would practice his keynotes like for hours and hours and hours and hours. So once he delivered, it felt natural. And that's the thing. Mm. But but you're right, Tony. Like you 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 did that thing. You you just kind of got the weeds out because sometimes you can do a presentation, but you're not thinking about the deliverance. Mm. And yeah, absolutely. So the third thing is turn call recordings into better scripts and frameworks. So it's one thing to do the call recordings, but the second thing to actually listen to them. And then it's another thing to actually turn them into a framework and scripts. I like to mention that because when I say call recording, people don't always know what to do with them. And I think the key things to look out for are are we listening, right? Like, you know, you should be listening most of the time. You shouldn't be, and I used to be a big, like, because I am a presenter, I've been a presenter for like, you know, 10, 15 years. I'm used to talking at people mm. and I'm used to just talking and not probing enough and listening enough. So when I first started actually getting coaching myself, I had to get really good at listening and asking why, why I'm probing them. So mm. the things you're looking out for is how much talking are we doing? 
you've heard me talk about this to the team, Tony. Are we using pit stops? So sometimes, you know, you might feel like you're talking a lot. You can do a pit stop, which forces you to slow down, forces the person to stop and process your thoughts and forces you to then think about the next thing you're going to say. Like, am I still on track? Like, look, you know, this is the stuff I've got to talk about. It's how much time I've left. So a pit stop could be something as easy as, how are you guys tracking? Or what about this makes sense to you? Mm. What about this, you know, and you're looking for body language too, right? Even on a virtual call, you know, I noticed um, I, I noticed that that look there. Is there anything here that concerns you? So right. pit stops are really, really important. Uh, the fourth one is use video, one-to-one video in the sales process. We've spoken a lot about this in the past, but using videos, every time I send a proposal, I'm sending with a video. Um, if I'm chasing someone up, if I'm following them up, I've I've resurrected so many dead leads by writing their name on a piece of paper recording loom waving like an idiot mm. and it's got hi tony and me waving like an idiot you might be like who's this idiot but you're going to click on it you're going to watch it and if i have something of value you're going to close and convert we do those for ads they work <laughs> <laughs> yeah. ads sales marketing content more authentic the more real the more personal the, the better um and the final thing is finding gems in their database of like, i made an, I made an example in the post but finding gems in your database so, what do I mean by that? Do you know how to, because I have speak to, we speak to so many clients, Tony, and they have like database 5,000, 30,000, 40,000, and they think it's an asset, but it's a liability mm. because firstly, a big percentage, 15 to 25% of that database, they're going to churn. So, they either leave, change names, get, get married, change their maiden names, leave jobs, you know, pass away, whatever it is. Um, but, and you have to, often have to pay for contacts as well. So, it's a liability if you're not doing anything with it. So, do, it's not the scope of today to talk about this, but good sales coaching should help you look at data, figure out the list that mm. um, I always say a good CRM system. It's not even the CRM. You're using a CRM right if you're bubbling the warmest leads to the top or pushing people through the sales process. Mm. So in, in short, I'd say, look, honestly, the best sales coaches make themselves redundant. They build sales leaders internally um, for the clients that they work for. And that's the way we operate at Red Pandas and it always gives us more referral traffic and they always want to come back even after they graduate because the best way to do things. Fantastic. Okay, so that wraps it up for our featured buzz sec- sec- segment, sorry, um, why sales coaching sucks and how you can fix it. Our next segment, my favorite, can we fix it? Moby and Tony, can they fix it? Moby and Tony. So who do we got today, Tony? You can start. We're looking at a business or a brand rather. Yeah, so today we're in the resource industry. Um, there's a website, Natural Gas. And originally I was a little bit confused, um, but you know, we'll take you through it. So if we go on to... Uh, what was, what was the start of your journey? Talk to me. You, you're sharing the start of your journey, how you found this. Okay. So I was looking for builders, right? You know, just on search. And then this popped up. So I clicked on it. Okay, what's this about? Is it a builder? And it was about natural gas. And I was a little bit confused. But what personally annoyed me is when I came on and a pop-up just came up and I couldn't move around. I couldn't do anything. Mm. So yeah, we got this on the screen. Again, people for people watching the video version or listening, you can listen along. Um, we always like to do our shows to be able to listen along as well. You don't need to necessarily watch it. But yeah, so Tony's absolutely right. So we'll go back to the landing page in a second where it should have gone to. But you clicked on that for a builder and you got this homepage and you got this zero second pop-up. So what's the problem with the zero second pop-up that takes 80% of the pixels of the screen? 
Well, number one, um, from SEO, they don't like that. You just like a pop-up, you know what I mean? Um, even from a user experience, Moby, isn't yeah. that annoying? Like, Yeah, well, the, on the SEO side, there's a lot of things that SEOs like to tout and say, oh, this is an SEO factor. Most of it's often bullshit. But this one, you're right, Tim, there's actually a, and we'll, we, we, should, we will link it in the show notes as well. There's actually a release from Google that came out last year before and they mm. said interstitial. How do you say that word? Interstitial. Interstitial. Uh, yeah, well, sorry. <laughs> We're both immigrants. Pop-ups. <laughs> there's a word, another synonym for pop-ups, however the hell you say it. But those things are not good for SEO. Zero second pop-ups are not good for SEO. So, and especially ones like this that would, I would hate to look at this on the mobile, by the way, Tony. Oh, yeah. But that take up most of this and ruin your experience. So, you do get penalized for this for sure. Mm. Look, like the video is good. It's good for engagement and stuff, but it might not be in the right place. That's all we're that. saying. Yeah. So what else? What else did you notice? I noticed when I first went to the um, website, it was very busy. Right. We had a lot of buttons and information on the top of the uh, header. Pre nav. Yeah. Yep. The pre. Yeah. The notification. And then you know we got the menu, and then we got the banner. So there's a lot happening right now, and it was very confusing because like. You know, who are you guys targeting? Who's your market? There's a lot going on. There's a lot of services offered. So, yeah, I mean, I, I had the same feeling, Tony. So, like, you know, I'm looking at, so Tony's explaining, trying to paint the picture here. We've got that pre-nav, you got this nav, and then you got this huge hero section. And I was trying to figure out what the hell do they do? Like, what's the value for me? Like, we always say, what's in it for me? Or as my lecturer said, YFM, it's everyone's favorite radio station. You always have to think about what's in it for me for your target audience. So we get here, the hero image is someone cooking. They're not even cooking with gas. He's cutting salad. <laughs> I didn't so even notice that. <laughs> and I've heard you don't make friends with salad. So there's, he's not cooking any burgers. There's no, no cookery going on. It's just the salads, right? I, I know I sound brutal. I don't mean to. Obviously, you know, it, it's a good looking website, but that does make sense to me. Then on the right hand side, it says transform your home with gas, which I actually don't mind how they've used your, right? Mm. We always talk about story brand using your and you language. I actually don't mind that. It says get up to $500 cash back on natural gas appliances view cash back offer. Now, we're all for discounts. We're all for offers. We're all for that. But I've just arrived on this and Tony had arrived from a keyword that was home builders. Mm. And it's like, okay, what do you do? Now, when you scroll down, they do have that, right, Tony? Like they, they start, they've got a couple of call to actions here. Yeah. What do you think about this? Maybe talk through the call to actions. They have a lot of uh, buttons and call to action, right? So let's say- One of these three, yeah. Yeah, so um, just to explain what services they offer, connect your natural gas, you know, so and so. But Find maybe gas expert. let's say I want the cash, the $500. It's a very, you know, a compelling offer. I click on it. I come to another page and I go, okay, how do I get my cash back? Then I have to click on There's it again. Button. So that's multiple pathways through the funnel and that's just too much. Yeah, this is something you would put in if you wanted to hurt your conversion rate. Yes. So for every extra click you add i cannot remember the percentage i know i'm pretty sure it's double digits yeah you lose that for your conversions yeah it goes from like 20 to 40 to 16 compa like compounding yeah right? that's how bad the it drop is. off yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 really not good so yeah I, I almost missed that tony thanks for sharing that so you're you're creating these extra loops for nothing just get rid of that loop i'm not sure why you need that loop just maybe a pop-up with a form and get the your leads and that's it that's all you need you know they're interested now, I will say one thing here. So, as you scroll down, it says, so now I start figuring it out, but you have to remember the tab test. People can stick, you know, people are goldfish online, even less than goldfish. They're going to leave. It doesn't make any sense. You can't be offering me something when I don't even know yet what you do. 
Mm. You know what I mean? Transform your home with your home with gas. Okay, awesome. I have a little bit of an ID there. Get five hundred dollars back back on natural gas. Now this is the problem. I don't know whether you're a gas appliance company. I don't know whether you sell gas like you're a gas provider, like AGL or something. Mm. I don't know. We'll talk about later who they are. We figured out who they are, but we had to research these, right? <laughs> yes. So you scroll down and it's got connect your connect natural gas to your home, find, find your local gas appliance expert. That real estate there that they've wasted should be higher up. So mm. we talk about um, product selectors and stuff. So you get there. Are you looking for a gas installer? Are you looking for gas appliances? Something like that. Something like this, because you you already have the cashback program in the top nav. Mm. I love the idea of a pop-up. So instead of that pop-up of a video, which is too much for me right now, you're just crowding me, have a uh, six-second pop-up. Have a pop-up that comes when you scroll 60%, yep. 70%. There's a lot of tools out there that do that. Um, also, you know, just like talking about it, we don't know who it is or where it is. There's no about page. It's very hard to find what's it about, who, you know, so... Yeah, we, how we, did they get their money? Yeah. Maybe we spent a bit of time figuring this out. We went searching, you know, what is this? What is that? Like, it's confusing. It turns out like if you scroll all the way down, um, it's owned by Gemina. Yeah. Gemina. And look, we understand we've got clients in the medical industry where they build end-level consumer demand. So they sell medical devices and um, prosthetics and stuff. We have a client in that space and they have an education website only. To build and it's like if Boeing was going to advertise the Dreamliner, you and I are not going to buy Boeings. You might with your with your investment. I'm joking today. I'm joking. I don't mean to make you a target. I don't want to get kidnapped, <laughs> right? But most people aren't going to buy Boeings. But you build end level demand, so when they're on Flight Center or whatever, and they see Qantas has a Dreamliner, they're going to go there. Mm. So I understand the logic of what we're trying to do. Um, just to cut a long story short, you know there should be a lot more content, a lot more helpful articles. Um, um, just scrolling please. back down, Mopes. So they do Facebook advertising. I've seen them on Facebook advertising, but their tracking pixel is not implemented correctly. There's some funny code going on on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. So number one, you're not tracking properly. You're on Facebook ads. You're running live ads. You're wasting money. You're basically just pouring money down the drain. Yeah. That's what's happening. And wh- where I want to end on is where we started, Tony, like you were talking about what you clicked on. So... You clicked on the ad for... And now I understand the logic because you and I were trying to figure it out. And I'm like, well, Tony, maybe... And I, there's logic there, right? If you're a home builder, and I wouldn't know, I'm not building a home. You're a home builder and you... Or you're looking to build a home, rather. And you're looking for... You're going to look for gas. You're going to look for appliances. You're looking... So I guess their thought logic is... And they know that that audience better than me that it's in consideration yeah. set. Those products are in the consideration set as well, which I understand. But Tony, would you you wouldn't send them to this homepage with a pop up with because you I've just clicked on it like with a video. Where would you send them? What would be a better landing page for yeah. natural gas to send them from that ad that you clicked on? Let's say it was the keyword builders that I typed in. I will have a landing page and it'll be probably more targeted. Are you building a home and do you need you know like gas you know supplies or something along the lines? Something more personal, more related to the person looking for that keyword, you know, so. Exactly. Yeah. Well said. 100%. You put that keyword, it's the relevance factor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you looking to build a home? Get gas with us. Fine. Yeah, exactly. Nothing else more to add there. Um, anything else, Tony? Anything you want to end it. on with this before we wrap it up? Yeah, all good. We've mentioned our five points. Awesome. So, Tony and I and the Red Panthers team are going to go out to dinner now. Thank you once again for listening and um, yeah, tune in again for another episode of Inbound Buzz. 
Thanks for listening to Inbound Buzz. Learn anything? Return the favor by spreading the word. Want to make your mark in digital? Need help with your digital strategy, inbound, and marketing automation efforts? Then visit redpandas.com.au and be sure to tune in next time for another Inbound Buzz hit.